Welcome to the Unusual Creatures Podcast, a podcast about the unusual creatures that fall in love, stay, stray, come back, and sometimes leave this insane business of artistry and show. Against all odds, our guests have persevered and told stories using their mediums of choice. Now, these are their stories and our stories. The incredible people who you might know by sight, whose names you may not recognize, whose work you've definitely experienced or will one day experience. Art is a ripple effect, and these artists' creativity makes a lasting impact. Let's hear more. Hello, 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 world. Good morning, good evening, good night, whatever time of day it is where you are in the world. I hope it's wonderful and fabulous. I'm Thomas Dane. And I'm Jenny Gomez. And this is the Unusual Creatures Podcast. Hello. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, Thomas Dane. I missed you. How are you, honey? I'm good. I'm good. Summer is coming to a close, so I can finally, like, you know, everything's wet. My socks, my underwear, my jeans. I, oh, I'm ready God. TMI. <laughs> like, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to just be dry all the time, you know? I love, I was trying to think about this the other day. I am not, I don't know where I'm going to end up living in life. I don't know what to do because I'm just not into extremes. New York is too cold and Florida is just too hot and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. I hear How's it North Carolina? How's it? Um, it's hot. as You know what it is? I, something's going on. Well, it's climate change is what's going on. And excuse no. the little puppy barking in the background. I'm sure I think there's somebody out front. It's probably a deer because I live in the fucking woods. Been, there has been so much humidity and it's been like in the 90s, like 80s and like, no, 90s and into the 100s. It happens, but it's been like this for like six weeks straight. And I'm not, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I'm <laughs> the prolonged heat with the prolonged humidity. Like, there's just no fucking break. Well, you used to be the girl in New York who was, like, begging for sweaty summers. You're just... Because at World, if you look up Jennifer Gomez, you can find there's a yellow coat. There's a photo of her with just her eyes behind Mm. glasses (laughs) covered (laughs) head to toe because the snow could kill her. I hate the cold. I hate the cold. But this climate change heat is something else, honey. Well, it's been a good summer, yeah? It's been a good summer. Yeah, you know, I can't complain. I really can't complain. Let's talk art for a second because you just had a fabulous birthday. And talk about what an artistic birthday weekend who did you get to see live and in person i got to see joni mitchell joni mitchell i did singing both because i've only seen the youtube video when she does both sides now and it's Mm -hmm. still just she still has it it's just riveting what was that moment like so so i go to the newport folk festival every year this is the 13th year i skipped one year because i was in wisconsin which is actually gonna tie into our next guest (laughs) i didn't even know that if you look at that (laughs) yeah yeah who happens to be from wisconsin i go to newport folk festival every year brandy carlisle is like a mainstay she's on the board of the newport folk festival foundation and she Mm. has started doing these joni jams joni mitchell is like her like heart and soul and so at the festival you always know that brandy's gonna bring a guest three years ago it was dolly parton i lost my shit i was third row because i Mm. know brandy always brings brings the fire. So Brandy comes on and like this miss, it was hot as fuck the whole weekend, really humid, which Newport, Rhode Island is not that humid. Again, climate change. And then all of a sudden this mist, like the sun goes down, the mist, this mist starts to roll in because the festival's on this bay in Newport, Rhode Island. And this mist starts to roll in. And all of a sudden Brandy sings a couple songs. And then she's like, we have a really special guest. Everyone just hold on which is a weird thing to do to close out the festival. They bring all these couches on stage. And then sure enough, here hobbles out Joni fucking Mitchell. 
And mm. Tony Mitchell is like the last time she was at the Newport Folk Festival is in 1969. And the wow. last time she's performed live was 23 years ago because everyone thought she was dead or was going to die because she had a brain aneurysm. And she oh taught God. herself how to play guitar and sing again. And she said it was like being rebirthed. It was mm. the entire play. You could hear, you could have heard a pin drop. It was 10,000 people and like people couldn't, weren't even breathing. It was crazy. Oh, I'm getting chills. I'm it getting was, chills. I'm like, it oof. was crazy. It was That's crazy. It was an experience. And I got coronavirus. I got COVID from the <laughs> weekend and couldn't celebrate my 40th birthday on this big New York City trip planned. And I, a friend of mine oh, asked man. me, if you could choose to do it again, would you do it the same way again? And I was like, to see Joni Mitchell live? absolutely amen and that's the power of art and there you go and there's your artistic 40th that's mm-hmm. the highlight of the summer see yeah. there yeah Life yeah works out that well i'm not, i'm feeling good now I, i'm i got chills i got i got missed i got sweat water soluble right now <laughs> let's um, everybody should go to youtube and check out her, the the both the both sides now performance is just i think brandy carlo pulling herself together she weeps through the whole thing mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and why nona's back there praying it's like it's all it's it's heavenly it's something else so let's talk about this week's guest with wisconsin and everything who do we have this is um this is a friend of yours jenny who is our guest are you unusual creature this week yeah i feel like i'm doing all the talking today tom i'm gonna have to make you you're gonna have to do all the interviewing because i feel like well, I'm was, i mean i mean that was worth it. the joni mitchell story was good. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's guest is actually one of my husband's best friends And we have his art like hanging on our wall in the house. I have met Ben a couple of times and not too long ago before the pandemic, him and his wife and his three absolutely gorgeous, precocious, beautiful, brilliant children came to visit us here in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, We put the kids to bed and Ben and Sarah and I stayed up just chit-chatting and I hadn't really like talked to Ben much. Ben is, he's a physical artist, we'll call it. He works in metal as his sort of medium and he does many other things. Like I said, we have like a painting of his on our wall. So I'm really, really excited to talk to Ben because his medium is, is a medium we have not experienced here before on the podcast. Also, he's just like a wildly intelligent, and and just interesting dude and so i can't wait to dig in to his background yeah, and hear his I'm story yeah i did research and I, I was i wept because i was too stupid to research anymore yeah yeah <laughs> shut up tom that's not it's like oh my god this guy is brilliant oh my god so, yeah, yeah. Well, i'm excited i'm excited a real unusual creature. And I remember when we started the podcast, Sean, my husband, was like, you have to talk to Ben. And so we've been chasing Ben for a couple of months. He's busy because he has like a family and, and he works full time and has like nine businesses on the side, which we'll talk about. Without yes. further ado, I think we should talk to our guests, shouldn't we? Yes. Yes. Let's talk to our fabulous guests. Ladies and gentlemen, our creature this week, this is Ben Jennings. Hello, Ben. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, we Welcome. Are so- Welcome. We are super stoked to have you here, dialing in from lovely Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. Um, how's Wisconsin Rapids doing these days, Ben? Uh, it's it's doing well. Yeah, it's nice and uh, sunny and and warm and balmy and humid. <laughs> so. See the climate change, man. It's humid everywhere. Should it be? Is it normally this humid in Wisconsin? Yeah, we usually have like a hundred percent humidity, so it's quite common. Gross. Okay, never mind. I take it back. She was house hunting in her mind for a hot minute. And that's I kind of was. I kind of was. So Ben, you have lived in Wisconsin Rapids your whole life. Yeah. Yep. I've uh, I'm born and raised here. Got my family here. I, I work for the municipality uh, full time, and my wife's a teacher. 
at one of the elementary schools. God bless. And uh, we got three kids. (laughs) Uh, So life is busy. So I'm glad we were able to coordinate this and and get a recording going. Yeah, absolutely. Three three humans. What are their ages? Uh, Nine, seven, and five. Oh, my God. I'm in the thick thick of it right now. I'm in the thick of an army against you. (laughs) (laughs) Tom almost passed out when you said that, by the way. I can't with kids. I can't do it. Like, so. And though, I mean, I got to meet them. They stayed at our house for one night and there are, you have the, you have beautiful children, Ben, and they are so smart and bright. So Ben, as you know, we love to talk on this podcast about all of our unusual creatures and all the things, all, every kind of artist. And, and like I had mentioned in the intro, you deal in a medium that is completely and utterly new to us. You are, I would call you a metallurgist. Would you call yourself a metallurgist? Sure. Yeah, that would be a, That'd be a good description, I guess. What was it about Ben Jennings? Like, where was the moment when you're like, I want to fucking be an artist? Fortunately, we had uh, some really good instructors in, uh, you know, junior high and also in uh, high school. Kind of instilled, uh, you know, I was able to be successful. The other courses, mathematics and and, and writing and uh, seemed to bore me a bit. And, you know, being challenged in the studio is always, you know, troubleshooting and fulfilling kind of some assignments that would allow for some creativity and different processes that I've never seen. And I'm always, you know, open to new, new things. And and it just kind of took off from there. Yeah, I kind of started out with like videography was kind of the start. And then, you know, ceramics and sculpture, uh, some jewelry work, which led into some painting and printmaking. I was able to thankfully be instructed by some some really good instructors and that kind of led me down the path going to school for art. Was- See now I was always a mess. Like I remember putting stuff in the kiln and it would come out and my art teacher would be like, where do you pick up garbage like this? I'm like, you know, I was never my I I I just don't visual artists always I want don't want to say the first word that came to mind is entice, but I guess you guys do entice me. But I guess you inspire me as um because I just don't see visually. Like I can write something, I can create a character. People have asked me about directing, and I'm like, I just, I don't know how I put it together. Like, you can look at something and what? Like, where you're like, does it, is it like the movies? Does it come together in like a montage? How do you create? Yeah, I mean, I guess recently, you know, I've, I've kind of had a lot of uh, success with doing installation work and, you know, f- formulating some sort of a visual language uh, that is perplexing to a lot of people, maybe a little bit off putting. Uh, maybe soothing, maybe interesting. Um, so all those characteristics seem to to drive me uh, in order to kind of challenge, you know, the viewers or people that are interested. You know, I've I've, I've kind of prided myself on on even getting negative reactions from things uh, are better than no reactions. So true. You know, even you, yeah, and if you had you know crap coming out of the kiln that was junk, you know, I'd be able to write a whole dissertation on your process and how, what it means to you and what it means to everybody else and why it's important that your so-called junk uh, is valuable. It was a beautiful vase inspired by Madonna, by the way. And yeah. I was, <laughs> so, and my mother still has it. It's true. It's that's funny because it, it did mean something to me. And it's like, can we talk in like basics for a second? Because um, just for and I'm not somebody in the know. So, like I said when I was reading you up on you earlier, I'm like, oh god. An installation is different from a portrait house. So when ins- when you say installation, what am I think? What what am I visualizing? Yeah, I like to uh, you know create a space or, or an environment as various types of objects interacting. Mm-hmm 
with each other or against each other to kind of create some sort of a dialogue. And for, you know, a lot of people, they'll look at a piece of work and uh, that I've done before and like, what, you know, what are you thinking? Like, what, it's not really that important, so to speak, what I'm thinking, but what, how does it make you feel? And, and what does it make you reflect on something or, 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 or feel a certain way? And those are things I, I'm always, I have my ears to the ground to, to see, you know, over in the corner when someone walks through and as they mm. mumble something on the way out, it's like, oh, that's interesting. I, mm-hmm. I thought that was, you know, very off-putting or, oh, that reminded me of, you know, some heroin needles or something like that. And it was like, mm, okay, well, <laughs> you're like, well, colored, colored pencils, you but I guess that'll work. Yeah. So it's interesting um, with an installation, then do you draw it first and how much does it change from when you have the idea? So someone gives you a space and they're like, here, put you in your installation. Do you have a blueprint and how much does that change from when the finished product? A lot of it um, kind of stems from poetry or prose. Uh, there'll be, you know, I, I do, I have so many ideas that go on inside my head that lead to, you know, possible works or dead ends. A lot of things come out in fragments. And so I jot down fragments. If there's, if there's like a, you know, a colorful word or something like, does that make me feel like, you know, I want to use red or use, use blue or something, or how does it make me feel and try to how do I interpret it? And, and a lot of times if I, if I write something down or a stanza or something of, of fragments, uh, I take them bit by bit and, you know, I have a lot of material and, and sort of compose them into an interesting manner uh, that I feel creates the installation. Can you give me, so I'm going to go back a little bit, actually. What was, so we talk a lot about great teachers here on the podcast and it's great teachers that have inspired a lot of the artists that we've talked to. I would say the majority, wouldn't you, Tom? I I, I don't recall an episode where a teacher wasn't brought up. Uh, exactly, it's it's the minority that they're not our, brought up. Including our mini intro, I think. I think like everything is always a teacher. We both had teachers that inspired no. us, absolutely. Um, so kudos to your wife, but also kudos to your instructors that you had in high school that gave you a purpose and taught you well and guided you towards, I guess, your medium. It sounds like you saw, you you played with a lot of things to start with. Was there like a moment, was it in college when you got to art school that you started playing with metal? Or was there a moment in high school when you started playing with metal? Like when did you decide that metal was your medium? I think, you know, getting through high school, there wasn't any metal whatsoever. Then when I graduated high school, I did a stint at the uh, the Art Institute in Seattle for videography. That was pretty interesting. Then when I came back, I decided to go to, I guess I would call it a community college. It's a, a UW extension in Marathon County. And um, I had entered a sculpture class with Tom Fleming, who was my professor, and he was extremely interesting. And when we walk in and Tom Waits is playing and just this, this space, it was, you know, the studio was like an old brewery that, you know, the school bought and had converted into, you know, so it was a really dingy like barn, so to speak, that we were working in. I would have loved going to class there. That sounds, yeah, like, yeah. That sounds exciting. <laughs> it was really great. And, you know, so we started playing with content and conceptualizing um, what we wanted to say. So that was kind of, kind of got my head moving and conceptual works. And so it seemed like installation was 
kind of the right fit. And then, you know, of course the other craft of, you know, throwing, throwing pottery and other processes mm. like that and painting and, and design and things like that. Those were all kind of those fundamentals that kind of went along with it, that the fuel to allow the installation work to happen. And then I transferred from there to the University of Minnesota uh, at the Twin Cities. And I worked with a professor um, named Wayne Potratz. And uh, that was in metal casting from the ground up, taught the basics to, you know, as far as you wanted to dive in, there was a lot of historical reference, which, you know, I find that fascinating and cross-culture methods and processes that were not common to the average person. And he was just like a master at this stuff. And it actually started like, you know, he's kind of a founder of the whole art casting, you know, in the institutions and it's, you know, it's, it's across the country and that network is, is really strong today. Is this something everybody has or like, if, if it's all subjective and you can find, and you can write a dissertation on, on somebody's inspiration, like didn't, could we all do it? Like, what is, do you teach it? Is the same thing? Am I making? Does that make sense? The concept of like the metal casting for for me was process, and it's like even all through college, like conceptualizing a good piece, a cast piece was was difficult for me uh, because I was so saturated with you know the idea of the process and like how does the furnace work? What temperatures right? How thick is your mold? What mold material do you want to use? How do you want to make your pattern? Are you good with wood tools? And so you know because in the industrial world, precision casting is, is, is a thing, you know, so you can't just go and, oh, I'm going to carve this out of a block of sand and try to sell it, sell it to a, you know, out of your manufacturing facility. Cause it's just absolute garbage. So that was a challenge and, and, you know, building my own furnace and trying to figure out the nuances of, of, of streamlining that and making it efficient and having hot metal was something I would have been doing. I'm still doing it. A lot of the work was just kind of a, a result of understanding the process of of the casting itself and and now that uh, i took a break from that for a while built my own studio at my current residence got a furnace and i'm pretty tight with the process um now it's kind of like what's the content going to be you know is it marketable are you gonna do you want to display works at galleries and so that kind of led me into you know starting a my own small business and in the art studio and i'm kind of a startup right now i had a few projects and I'm really excited to see who I can network with, who I can collaborate with and bring uh, some work to the public. I want to delve more into that, Ben, because I'm fa- absolutely like I'm bowled over at what, mm-hmm. what, what is possible in your mm-hmm. future. Why did you take a break? You took a break for a while. I remember, my, I remember Sean telling me a story about you building like your own kiln at some point and you were like hauling shit around and like, I don't know, I won't say you were stealing shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've been known to be in a few dumpsters and recycle bins from time to time. <laughs> uh, Frankensteining so, your kiln. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've done, you know, so the furnace, the furnace that I built, well, I have built some kilns uh, for sure for ceramics purposes. And yeah, uh, which is the, another medium you work in, but it's just not your main medium. Right. I love it. I love it because that, that, you know, it's similar to metal casting, you know, you make your mold, pour the metal in, open the mold up and it's like, all right, what, you know, what happened in here? Yeah. Is it good? You know, sometimes yeah. it's just an awesome surprise. And same when you open a kiln, you know, it's like Christmas. Like what, uh, what happened with the glaze and the fire and all that stuff. Yeah. So why did you take a break? So you went to college, 
you studied this for a while. You're like, this is what I want to do. What happened? Well, I had a had a good relationship for a while through college, and uh, that ended up teetering out. Uh, I had plans to move to Spain and uh, you know be a furniture maker and, and uh, forge metal, <laughs> and that didn't work out because where I was going to move was where my girlfriend was living, and. Uh-oh. Yeah, it was kind of funky. I got kind of bought out of that relationship. So I booked another ticket and I met with a grad student that was at Minnesota and he worked for this ceramicist in Barcelona. And so Barcelona. I, was like, I was like, I'm going to go for it. Let's go for it. I, I went there and, and helped him run his uh, little tienda. We you know sold some work. I was able to work in the studio, fire some kilns, and it led me down the path to go to the Artigas Foundation, which was Awesome. It was really cool. That's where Joan Muro uh, did all of his ceramics work. Oh, wow. And and, and, and the kilns there were Anagama style, uh, you know, Japanese style kilns, all wood fired. And I'm not afraid to say that we stayed up and drank wine and smoked joints and fired the kiln. Also very dangerous. I don't know if that's a sentence that just... <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, what, what could go wrong? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was <laughs> lopping wood into a firebox for... 36 hours drinking wine and smoking joints and making ceramics yes so it's about as romantic a european story as i've ever heard right so then i came back my brother started a restaurant and i was like you know what i'm gonna um, help him start the restaurant so i was able to kind of refurbish this old building get his business started i was kind of you know bar managing there and and that took off quite quite well uh, having a relationship and being a bartender didn't really suit me all that well. So I got, got a job, mm. uh, got on the eligibility Amen. list and got hired with the city, which was good. I had some good relationships uh, with the guys there and, you know, we were getting a lot of work done. Uh, I was a pipe layer. So I'd lay, you know, infrastructure pipe and work with, you know, work with my hands and sweat out liquor from the night before. And okay, <laughs> then we're not, we're not selling porn here, but okay. Shoveling. Okay. And, tell me. <laughs> and so that, that was a good that was a good means for me to you know make car payments and pay off my student loans and buy a house and so I kind of got domesticated for a while but still there was always that fire however it was you know more of a pilot light at that time of, of me creating you know it just it just wasn't in the cards and then I always kept in touch with my my roommate uh his name is Keith and he uh was working in uh, the University of Stevens Point as a, a technician to go back to the school thing after that relationship kind of failed I I just everything shut down it was it was it was pretty monumental for me and you know that's where I was listening to a lot of Jeff Buckley uh <laughs> <laughs> and, Oof, uh, so, which is where know, the painting on our wall came from yes exactly <laughs> that's right right from that period and that was kind of a pivotal shift for me i yeah it was it was ben's buckley period we'll call it right for sure and i and i didn't i, I graduated but i didn't get my degree because i was short credits in uh advanced spanish or spanish literature was like the last class hey, i I'm, needed to do hold it on, I'm, can, you have done okay yeah. wait so you've done you've you you went to 
to college, you meet the teacher, you're doing into medals, you go to Spain, you live in Barcelona, you help your brother. We're still not out of college yet. I'm because yeah. I was just so you went back to college, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did. Like, I, got... I spent my college years. I like I wasted my youth. Then if I'm listening to you, I'm exhausted. I was like, I did yeah. nothing. I was it was heavy. I was busy for a while, and and I knew I was going to go to Spain, and I you know stopped doing some work and. My BFA show, uh, you know, still went off, but I didn't get, uh, there was like an arts, like concepts and practices course that you needed to get the BFA and, uh, the advanced foreign language in those two classes, I were incomplete. And so I was mm. like, fuck it, I'm going to just go anyway. And this is what I don't need. I don't need like credentials from the university for Spanish. I'm just going to go and live in Spain and right. speak to people that uh, speak Catalan, which is definitely nothing that I've learned in school. So it was, you know, I thought that was even a better experience than putting my time in, into class. And anyway, so that kind of lingered over me for a while. When it comes just to dive learning languages, in. they tell people that to just go live somewhere and, and just do it. Yeah. 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 But then you didn't get the fucking credit, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, you just, so you, you lived it instead, but then you didn't have the fucking piece of paper. Ugh, it's so aggravating. Right, and I was like, "Well, fuck it, I'm working for the city anyway, and making you know whatever forty five thousand dollars a year and paying my bills. So it's like, if I get a degree, it's not going to change my status with, with the municipality. So I put it off. But then you know, it kind of hung over me for a while. I made a couple life changes, and I was like, I'm gonna. I'm going to go back and get my degree. So they, they lifted the foreign language requirement for the BFA. And there I am, an old ass at, uh, you know, the University of Point with a bunch of younger students, uh, which, oh, is God. Laugh- which was a bit laughable for me. I, I, I pushed through and aced it. And it was really a, another good, you know, another good practice for me. And, and then, it you know, from there, it was like, shit, I need to pick up from where I left off. And there's like so much I want to do and so much I want to say. And and that kind of led me into, you know, this next phase where I'm where I'm at now and, and creating. So I, I, I just chose to continue on with metal casting, how, how metal casting and with my regular workflows, how do they mesh? So that's where I'm well, getting now, some of my content. Okay. From your bio and from all of your info and from my very little bit of research, because I couldn't handle it. You are your job job sounds very artistic to the, the GIS, the the, I'm not even going to say it, um, but like, like the what I could see. About was like, Ladies and gentlemen, Tom knows nothing about GIS, so please, please uh, give I, him some grace. It looks, it looks artistic, like layers upon layers. How you you do the Google Earth, you you figure out from the space how to build, mm-hmm. how to do, like explain. Let's talk about this for a bit. Yeah, yeah. so basically, it's a it's a way for us to create efficiencies and create value for the ratepayers and the taxpayers. So we use this platform to create inventory and track uh, maintenance activities and you know issues and you know capital improvement the sky is the limit with that stuff and and you know then i started looking at maps every day and finding you know this type of elegance i mean granted i'm looking at you know just our city but i'm fascinated with with maps and like how you know why were they laid out this way you laid this out in like 1874 like why would you have done that <laughs> and then they they would continue to progress and build off of that <clears throat> off the cuff design from way back when and it's you know that that's interesting to me it kind of is you know it creates like this history of progress i guess so to speak and that, that's kind of I kind of do that in my work is certain imagery. It's like, oh, well, that, you know, that represents, you know, me shed hunting out in Colorado or some people think that's kind of odd. My wife looked at, you know, has looked at some of my work and said, I just don't like 
I don't get it. And so that's okay. You know, that's okay that you don't get it. Why are you toting around a fucking wooden dog sled for the last 12 years? And it's like, you know, there's a time when I'm on. I'm going to show this off, you know, and it's, it's so, a good segue, Ben. Can you, can you, what's, what's a piece of work that when you think about it, or maybe it's a piece of work you want to go back to, but what for you is like a seminal piece of work where you're like, fuck yeah, I'm really proud of that. Like that's something yeah. that, yeah, I want to do more of that or I want to keep exploring that concept. Like describe a piece of work that really sort of gets your goat. Yeah. I mean, I, as, as far as like, you know, since we're kind of on the topic of the GIS and the maps, um, there's there's a, an artist named Richard Diebenkorn who I've admired for a long time. And I've done uh, some paintings that, you know, kind of based off of uh, his concepts. And it's basically like abstract aerial photography landscapes uh, from from the vantage point of, of above. And, you know, when you lay them, when you lay them flat or or present them vertically uh, with different colors of paint and line and layers and, you know, change alterations. And it's just like it, it, you see this whole history of our blueprint, so to speak of it. And I just love that stuff. It looked really, it's, it's always kind of been, it's always in the back of my mind. And so, so that was, that was another thing. And then another one that was pushed me a lot too, was uh, Joseph Boy's. Uh, is a really interesting installation artist. A lot of times you, you can see some of his work, you know, there's, there was like this fluxus movement where, you know, the art would, would change without the artist's hand. And uh, I thought that was just fascinating. I was like, I can put a hard piece of lard in the corner of a room and turn the heat up and watch it melt to the ground. And, you know, someone will walk in and be like, someone spilled fat all over the floor. And it's like, are you saying that that you can turn my stomach into art? (laughs) (laughs) With with heat, probably. I'll take it. I'll be in the next flight to Wisconsin. I've never even heard of the fluxus movement. That's yes. And is it the idea that every time you walk into the installation, the art itself has changed because of some sort of conditional thing? Yeah, sure. Yes, for sure. Like a piece of dog shit in the lawn, you know, is nice, fresh and steamy. And then after four or five months, it turns white and fuzzy. (laughs) That is interesting. It's change. Mm -hmm. It's evolution. It's decay. I guess it signals something. Yeah, that's actually really one of my favorite lines from the Golden Girls because Rose is like, she's like a Kananoffin. And then what's that? She's like, there's no exact term for it, except for it's a moment the dog do turns white. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's art. <laughs> I did do uh, like my final piece at uh, before I went to Minnesota and backtracking back to UW Marathon County. Tom Fleming had put together like this prose of kind of some visual words and stacked it up. And I was able to compose an installation um, that got quite a bit of attention. And as I kept, you know, putting it together and working on the story, so to speak, that I was trying to say it once I was completed, it was like, man, this is this is really great. Like I hit all these kind of visual words that he was talking about. And it also had like a direct story of like my life and who I am and how I see things. Yeah. And that, that decay concept and, and the fluxus idea, I put a, a dead raccoon into a, a glass box. Uh, there was uh, some, some crow wings uh, that I had found that were being eaten away by some maggots and a bunch of turkey feathers with a bunch of but but with some with some fleas in there and created like these kind of environments uh within within the piece and it to me was you know 
kind of joy, joyful. And I don't know if that's because I'm from plain, you know, near Plainfield where Ed Gein is from, but it's, uh, <laughs> just, um, just kidding. But it, you know, it makes people think like, what is going on? Like, what are they teaching? These guys are, this is really bizarre. And, and, you know, the Dean wasn't really totally thrilled about roadkill in the gallery. And I guess oh, maybe the math, the math department might've got caught wind of, you know, maybe I didn't seal the boxes off perfectly and they thought it smelled like rotting carcass. And so I ended up getting kicked out of the gallery and had dismantled my piece back in the greenhouse. And they wrote up a story. It got on the Associated Press. And next thing you know, I was getting contacted by a whole bunch of people. And um, there was a, a write-up in Newsweek and the Chronicle of Higher Education what? and Sun-Times and like all these different publications. And <laughs> it even See. wound up in a book called Unusually Stupid Americans. Yeah. So I got published in a book called Unusually. I don't know if I, that's not something to brag about, I guess, because, but my family thinks it's kind of funny. Oh, yeah, it is. They can't be art and making it famous. Like, you made, yeah. they made you famous. Like, there you go. Thanks. You're like I the Lady Gaga so of the of the, of the visual art world, I guess. Yeah. 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 Or the tactical like- art world. Oh, my God. I love yeah. it. I had no idea. I've never heard that story. That's fucking awesome. That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> The title, the title of the piece was called Haneously Intervened Without a Beat Stick. And so it was kind of, it was based on like That's- my dad and my experiences. I went with him turkey hunting and gosh, there's the, I could explain that in detail, but it, it turned out really great, I thought. And I definitely aced the assignment. You did? Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like the title of your memoir. At this point, yeah. <laughs> I did I yeah. talk about talk about an unusual creature. I'm a little gobsmacked. So that was kind of a turning point of like, holy cow! Like I could, I could really, you know, getting published and being put in some other galleries and like, I, I, you know, that was a really cool feeling, you know, and, and being interviewed by the, you know, Channel Seven News and stuff. And oh, God, that's the it's local, like kind of lit- local. Uh, Edgar yeah. Allan Poe person. <laughs> yeah, right. Late to the interview wearing, you know, leather pants that, you know, might have oh, been God. soaked with urine, you know, so it's like, oh, God. It wasn't for me. It was like we, you know, we'd get together in the dorms and drink and then we'd, you know, put all the beds together and it's just like pass out and wake up in the morning, whatever. And yeah, I think one of the... Someone the pissed gir- the bed. One, one of the girls pissed this the bed and it's like, oh, man, these are my Wilson leather whole, this, pants, man. This is a whole new <laughs> podcast. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> You said I you wanted it. to go I, unusual. I would. I, um, do you? I, we're going to get into like what brought you back, but do you feel art? It's because I mean, from what again, my very limited research. Do you feel artistically fulfilled at your quote unquote day job, working for the city, doing what you do? Uh, to to me, it looks like there is uh, there's art in it. Like, so do you feel? Do, do you well, feel the stifled? GIS came from your work, right? But yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I guess, you know, learning technology and stuff is, you know, I'm a little bit slower at that than than most, um, maybe not than most, but than a lot of people. And at work, you know, fulfilling myself at work is, is being able to, you know, be a civil servant and, and providing, you know, kind of a, a service for the community, you know, which I grew up in and have a lot of stake in and going into a resident's house if they had an issue with like a, you know, their sewer backed up for some reason because it's old and it has roots in it or something and I'm able to remedy some of that stuff for them getting to know people in the community that's that's been fulfilling uh, I have several buckets when 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 I get mm. done with work and come home and and walk into you know my creative space and it's just like no one's going to get what I'm trying to do here and it's a little daunting and somewhat 
I don't know if it's embarrassing or I feel vulnerable and it's cool. And I've been mm-hmm. kind of, kind of embracing that, you know, I'm 41 years old now. So it's kind of like, when, when are you going to stop playing around with this shit? You know? And it's like, <laughs> you know, I've come to determine that it's, it's a fucking condition mm-hmm. or it's a condition for me. And it's something that I, you mm-hmm. know, I can't really escape whether it's good or bad or craft or quality or conceptualizing ideas. It's, it just hasn't turned off. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like that flame, whether it's a pilot or if it's like full force blowtorch, you know, um, the, the fire's still there. It is. It is. Yeah. I got, yeah. I got a lot to, I still have a lot to say. And now that I've spent most of my time building a facility and working on process, now it's, you know, I really want to get into some content and, you know, along with that and being able to say what I want to say, just like my day to day job, it's like, I, you have to do some of these things in order to fund equipment and material to do the things that you really want to do. I, I embrace it and I try to succeed at it and try to grow every day and do the best I can so that have that stability uh, to allow myself when when time allows it for me to, to mm. do some of the things that I want to do. And I, get, I can't imagine too, because metallurgy, as I understand it, and also from reading your materials and doing a little research, like you're not just an artist, you're like also like a machinist. Mm-hmm. And like you're dealing with sharp edges and 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 hot ovens and hotter mm-hmm. than hot and like fucking molten like demon spit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're like prancing around on a stage, like saying words mm-hmm. that other people told us to say, and you're like it's literally managing molten metal and like everything is you know you probably make some pointy shit i imagine yeah yeah yes <laughs> it is kind of a labor of love you know i mean getting in getting in doing metal casting is labor intensive i mean from you know sledgehammering old household radiators down into small bits so that you know i can weigh them out into you know 50 pound buckets and busting up coke which is refined coal into you know baseball size pieces and and you know charging the furnace tapping the furnace recharging the furnace the pour itself I mean the process is so dominating that if if I had like a you know at my hand a, a whole team that was able to like do the casting and do all the work then maybe I could focus a little bit more on the content but right now it's like well, I'm, I'm doing the process so you've got three kids wait a couple years there's your labor yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be like let's go. There's Start cracking that. They're coal. interested Let's go. in Let's that. Go. You want to eat? Crack the coal. It's your yeah. Christmas present. Let's go. <laughs> we were we were you know getting ready for a pour, and I had to pick my daughter up from dance class, and she's like, "What?" I said, "I got a lot of work to do. I'm going to ram some sand tonight." And she's like, "What ram sand? Like what?" So I brought her out to the shop, and she was wearing a nice pink leotard with the tutu and her black tights and and she's out here like ramming up green sand you know and her mother comes out like what the hell are you doing it's like 10 30 at night i said you know how cool this is that like you know nine-year-old daughter and a tutu is ramming foundry sand at 10 30 at night with her dad like that's that's like the coolest shit ever that's who, like who, a, who, who does that's that a scene from a tv show that i want to see that's brilliant and, and, that's and she's like, and she was like all into it she was all into it and like thought it was like really neat and and you know who am I to say that she shouldn't be interested in that type of stuff? You know, absolutely. You're, she's experiencing something she's not going to experience. Certainly in many households, I've never come across anything anyone that does anything like you. I have one friend that is also a metallurgist, but I've never like seen anything him do any of it. Like you know, I've just I've never watched that process before in my life. I'm fascinated yeah. by the whole thing. So kudos to you, and kudos to you letting your ta- your two two daughter into your workshop. Yeah. 
right? You know, that's what life is worth living for. The, the studio and trying to organize all my material and stuff has been like a big struggle for me, you know, and trying to trying to optimize everything because there's no book to set everything up. And but I've been lately, I've been working on you know just doing pattern work and and trying to do some woodworking and do some you know I, I work a lot with wax and fiberglass and silicone rubber. And so make making molds to pour wax in, ultimately, you know, make a mold around the wax pattern, melt it out, and then replace it with, with bronze. The furnace that I have right now, it does 90 pounds of bronze. I can usually melt, I mean, the first melt is about, uh, you know, 45 minutes. And then, you know, it, uh, you know, it'll ramp up a little quicker as, as the second or third melt goes and get it up to, you know, well over 2000 degrees. It's really cool, man, when you see the, the crucible starting to get some turbulence from the blast of the flame and it creates like this, uh, Wayne had called it, it's kind of a, an old metallurgist term, but like the eye of the God. And you can see, you know, the copper and the, the alloys kind of separating and creating this like, you know, centralized eye in the middle of it. And it's just like so hot. I, I don't know. I just, it's like a bug to a zapper for me, you know? That's amazing. Well, yeah. so yeah. So you, I'm jazzed that after straying a little bit from your, your path, from your condition, trying mm-hmm. to stray from your condition, um, mm-hmm. you came back to it and now you're really, you're fucking going full throttle. You mentioned earlier, you have this small business that you got going on. I know when we had talked over email, you talked about starting your LLC. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Talk to what's, yeah. what are you doing now? Yeah. So besides um, being vulnerable and please keep yes. being vulnerable. The shit that right? happened, the shit that happens in vulnerability is where the good work happens. So right, don't, don't right. stop. Don't stop, Ben. Yeah. Well, I, I, ca- I call it uh, Indulto Studios and Indulto is a, a concept that I thought was kind of neat. Well, more than neat, I guess, but for lack of a better, lack of a better mm-hmm. word. But, uh, you know, when I was in Spain uh, doing that residency there, we went to some bullfights. And I just thought that was cooler than shit, man. It was awesome. And then, you know, the drink and the food afterwards and the whole kind of ceremonial thing. And it was just, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I've obviously seen photographs, but like being a part of it was just awesome. If, if the bull, if the bull hat puts up a valiant fight with the matador, there's a man in the stands that'll wave his white flag. And, and before he's about to, you know, before the bull's about to get stuck in the final phase, you know, the white flag comes up and they pardon the bull and the bull gets to exit the ring and is led to pasture to eat and breed. Uh, for the remainder of its life. And I was like, wow, that's kind of metaphorical. Like I can struggle and do all this shit like my whole life and then eventually, you know, get pardoned to like (laughs) eat and have sex the rest of my life. That would be great. (laughs) And so it was kind of a joke at first, but then, yeah, I got a logo for it and and then it just, you know, kind of took off. And and so that's kind of where I'm at. And I try to do a couple different jobs, uh, you know, working on some architectural things, you know, that I've gotten paid for, which is kind of cool because I'm able to buy some more material and still kind of storing my nuts, so to speak, or when I want to do something for myself. And so that's kind of, you know, that's the same concept. Like you got to do some work in order to, you know, facilitate uh, the work that you want to do. 
that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit more craft and I don't know exactly if that's what I'm going to do. I mean, I don't think I can do heinously intervened without a beat stick by, you know, making architectural balusters for an ornate staircase. You know, I'm, I'm still honing in on, on, you know, not necessarily perfecting the process, but becoming more efficient at the process. And, and that's, that's going to be necessary for when it's time to, you know, put up a large sculpture in a public space. Yeah. What is, what is the name of your small business mean? You said, you said the word, say it again. Indulto. Indulto. And Indulto is yeah. the pardon of the bull. Yeah. In I like that. I love that. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> like I really, I, I really, it resonates with me. The idea of getting close to death and working your ass off and getting beat up. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there you go. You're escorted out. Have at the pasture. There you are. Have fun. Have fun fucking and feeding. Yes. Yes. Right. (laughs) So Ben, you you fucking stud. Yes. You did it. You did it. Or stud ass. Like so, Ben. Looking back on all of this, like I mean, you're clearly an intelligent man. Uh, Do do you look at art? You're welcome. Because again, I wept trying to research. But do you look back at any of this artistically as a burden? Do you have any regret? Like, do you? If your kids are you you are you actively recruiting your kids? (laughs) <laughs> like, these, like is art a way of life? So. Is there a regret? Yeah, I guess not. Not many regrets. I mean, you know, I kind of embrace like it's same with like in the work. Like, if there's mistakes that happen, and I still put the work in a gallery, like Tom, Dick, and Harry aren't going to notice the difference at all. I mean, unless they're like, you, know, you see like imperfections, they won't know shit. It's like, wow, that's really cool. Like you made that, you know, I mean, so I try not to like saturate my thoughts on, you know, lack of per- perfection. And, and I, I, I guess I embrace that, you know, some of the, some of the, those mistakes that happen allow me to like, think of my ultimate goal of the work, you know, as what I had thought about in my head. And all of a sudden this change, this drastic change happens. And now like, what does it mean to me? And I, I like the way that it speaks to me. I like the way that, you know, I'm able to react to it and justify it because, you know, I can fucking justify anything. Um, (laughs) As far as regrets go, yeah, maybe if I would have finished up my degree earlier, who knows what direction that would have went. That didn't happen. I went this way and it's opened up a lot of really cool doors and, and, and I'm, a, I'm allowed to think of things with more maturity than I did back then because sucking down a lot of black label and, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, kind of riding my bike around like a fucking messenger around Minneapolis and going, you know, going to hardcore shows and <laughs> what, what that was yeah quite the experience so i'm glad i did all that stuff you know i got all that piss and vinegar kind of out and now i can yeah i still yearn to get a little wild from time to time but those things kind of just pass yeah. and it's because there's a lot there's a lot going on up there and in, 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 in the old noggin so i it's funny i i think about one of our past guests who's who i loved kim berrios lynn had talked about signs and about seeing things in a certain way and i woke up in a cold sweat the other night because i hate aging and i'm like it's over mm-hmm. life is ending but then i had like a real sit down with myself i'm wondering I'm like, this is like a kismet moment because i was like you know what i'm gonna change this narrative and i'm gonna say i'm gonna bring my years of experience to what i'm doing next i'm gonna bring my trials, my tribulations, and all of this into what my condition is, which is my art. Mm-hmm. And you've just like, you've already been light years ahead. So you've just like, I think you've like coalesced something for me. And I, I feel, I feel whole. Thank you. Man. Cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like I feel like we can all, it, I think there's a big lesson in like, you know what? I think we focus too much on what was lost, which yeah. is time. 
that we can't get back, it's fine. So what do we learn in that time? Yeah. And what do you, you make know? of it? You know, and like, what, mm-hmm. how, how, how do you define your success story? You know, is it, is it you, you know, having, having wealth and fame or is it you allowing other people with what you do, allowing other people to succeed because of what you've done. And that to me seems to be more of the success story. Like if I were to die in a car crash, is someone able is someone able to pick up where I left off and like hit the ground running? Or are they going to be like, holy shit, we got to revamp all this and restart. You didn't left me with nothing. So I, I, I think about that, you know, in my day to day job and my artwork, you know, with my family. And that's kind of something I maybe had some blinders on when when I was younger. We don't think so much about legacy. Like legacy is something the the ellipses of what happens when when it's done. Ben, mm-hmm. what are you? You're making banisters for a little bit of uh, extra macadamia, which is fine. Uh, we need a little extra little, little extra nuts for the coffer. Yeah, um, I like a sexy banister. Yeah, so, I, yeah I, I do. Sure. I love a sexy banister. I love metalwork oh. as well, like and ironwork in general. And there's something to be said. I was watching that glass blowing show on Netflix called Blown Away. There's the close thing I've ever seen to metalwork. They talk about there are a lot of the glass blowers are commercial glass blowers. They just have to make like glassware all day in a fucking factory, you know, to pay the bills and then they make glass art on the side. Obviously glass being another wildly interesting medium, but um what are you aside from doing some commercial pieces which I think is rad? What are you doing? Are you working on a project right now? Is there anything you're working on right now? Um, yeah, well, I'm doing some uh, some tiles, like logo tiles for a hardscape designer. You know, he wanted to put like his logo on some of these projects and he was working on some really large, you know, three-year projects for a couple customers that had deep pockets and it's like you know you should put this your logo and I I can cast them out of bronze like you should fasten that to your work and I mean that's going to outlive you I mean the rock will too but this will outlive the rock it won't weather like that and and it's it's a good way to like really make yourself permanent that permanency I think about that a lot like what am I going to leave behind you know where's the legacy is there going to be something that's going to outlive me that my kids and my grandkids and people that move here from another country that see that see my work and it's like that's that's kind of one of the goals that I was hoping to get to you know some of these other small jobs are going to help facilitate that it's one of the goals you will get to yep. yeah totally mm-hmm. uh the current pieces that I'm working on uh right now yeah I have this piece that's behind me it's a uh, working on some uh Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep so you know making the the model out of out of foam and then finishing it with plasticine clay it's an oil-based clay that doesn't doesn't harden immediately sculpting that and i did some fiberglass and rubber molds of of the actual horns that i bought from some dude in chicago <laughs> i told my <laughs> wife i was like yeah we're going to chicago why it's like i found this taxidermy mount of this giant ram and like you can't really you know it's not really legal to sell them because it didn't have like a plug which means it was harvested legally he couldn't technically sell it but i got that shit off of craigslist or whatever from him and just dis- dismantled it and made a mold out of it and like the wax pieces you liar you found a dumpster really behind great. walmart <laughs> and so i am all, i'm an avid craigslister for like cheap ass fucking crazy antique furniture and so yeah. ben and i have talked about our craigslist adventures i respect yeah. that motherfucker yeah <laughs> right no doubt and so the, the the concept of the piece is to have like that you know like that moment where the two rams smash heads together so that's 
kind of like how they'll be composed with the two Rams. It'll be like kind of a top bust of the Rams smashing and the bottom of their bodies, so to speak, will will kind of transition into uh, a rocky, you know, terrain and it'll be and on where a, can like some sort of a pedestal. So do you, do you have a normal gallery that you're stationed at? Like where can people, where, where can we find this? Yeah, no, not yet. Uh, everything's kind of just in shop and, you know, I'm hoping to get these prototypes and that's the thing with metal, you know, no one's going to want, I mean, th- th- that piece would probably be, you know, 15 to $20,000 in bronze. So you can't just say, Hey, I'm going to do this. What do you think? There's a lot of people out there with FU money, but mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I'm going to have to work on some prototypes. And, and so that's kind of where I'm at with that piece. And then obviously those, those tiles that I'm doing and a lot of other different wax pieces that I'm putting together. I'm also, uh, I, I've participated in a few of these events where, you know, you make these blank sand molds out of a resin bonded sand sodium silicate sand it hardens in the air air set sand it's basically like a a blank tile and you know you can sell those uh, in a community maybe put on a workshop for a day or two people can carve into them and then uh, we pour them Um, then mount them into a public space where non-artists can create work and and have some permanency in the community and so I think yeah I think there's a lot of there's a lot of potential there and I actually missed out on one that my buddy had in, in Indianapolis, uh, in Muncie, Indiana, just last weekend. But I'm, I'm hoping to to pitch that idea here in our community and, you know, see, see how it goes. But that's a little way to have some underrepresented groups of people that may not consider themselves artists. It'll give them some exposure and, and, and an opportunity to create some work that may, you know, maybe have some symbology of, of their culture or who they are as a person or something like shed some light on on that uh, for the rest of the community to see to create this understanding of the diversity in, in communities and uh, unfortunately like in, in central Wisconsin too I guess I, it's probably all over the place but we you know, there's there's a lot of narrow-mindedness out there always oh, just an artsy fartsy thing but the the, the idea of being <laughs> able to you know live a live around art and, and actually you know see it every day and and, and part of everyday life Life, it, it, it changes people. I, I know that firsthand. I mean, being over in Europe and, and, and Paris and a few different times and just seeing, I'm just amazed by that. Really writes a narrative and, and shows a narrative of, of the history and, and where culture is. And nowadays, with newer communities in America, like we don't have a lot of that. I mean, we have a rich history, of course, not that, not as rich as Europe. It's not really that common. Like you didn't live your life being a, you know, a, a limestone carver from you know belgium and get hired to do you know the facade of the notre dame it's like live your whole life with a chisel and a hammer and it's like people don't do that so much anymore you know no, they uh, pack amazon boxes you know and it's, it's, <laughs> and, and anything and permanent, that, like a, yeah you know things, <laughs> things aren't aren't as permanent anymore and so that that's that kind of resonates with me so i'd like to kind of bring that into the community somehow yeah i love that this has been awesome mm-hmm. um i feel we... i feel educated i feel more complete <laughs> as a person i'm not gonna awesome. say that thank you um yeah. i know you're i know you're getting your business off the ground um and you're gonna have a website soon um do you have you don't have a website quite yet right not yet not yet but that's kind of the next stages um i don't i don't do ux and web design myself so i'm gonna have to probably hire that so again having a couple of these jobs to be able to pay the people in my net 
network to kind of set things up uh, is is all good, and I'm 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 working towards that, not too far away from that. But that's yeah. awesome. And and Ben, we'll be sure as soon as your website is up and running to uh, post it on all of our channels and uh, and get some links. I'm going to try to find the links of your of that piece that got you in Newsweek years and years I, ago. Yeah, seriously, yeah. like let's see this. Like I feel yeah, like that should have been bought in some billionaire's house right now. <laughs> totally, like that <laughs> raccoon should still be rotting somewhere. It probably is somewhere. It, it put, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ben, this was a joy. We appreciate you so, so much. We will, like I said, f- make sure that the folks know how to find you, where to contact you. Uh, we'll tag you on social media, which is probably not your favorite thing. Thank you so much for joining us. And, and thank you for sharing your condition. Just em- embrace the process, you know, the, the ups and downs, I, you know, and I can't, I can't, I mean, I, I've been living by that, you know, they, they make us who we are and, and we should celebrate that and our differences and our mistakes and our successes. That would be my well, thank you. Kind of closing statement, you know? Yeah. Preach. We love it. Just keep it, keep it interesting. You know, if it's predictable, it's boring, you know? Bob Ross is kind of like those happy accidents and it's like, Ooh, that wasn't planned. And I did that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not only surprised my viewers, but I surprised myself. So it was a win-win. We love, I love a Bob Ross shout out. Yeah. <laughs> happy, little happy little accidents. Thanks again, Ben. This was delightful. I can't wait for the world to hear your voice. Yes. Thank you so much. And Tom, why don't you, uh, why don't you take us home? Yes. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Jenny. Um, th- this has been so enlightening. I still have no idea what a GIS is. But it's fine. Not in my wheelhouse. It's never going to be. It's not meant for me. <laughs> totally but it's fine. good. <laughs> like I believe I, I bequeath it to Ben. And um, so thank you, Ben. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Please click and like and and subscribe and review us. Even with the bad review, let us know because we like critique. We're okay. We're adults. We drink, and so we can make it. We, we can we can fix it. It's fine. Uh, we love you. Next week is our season finale, so please join us. Uh, we'll be taking September off because we need some breaks. And we'll be back in October. Um, Enjoy your summer. And thank you for listening to The Unusual Creatures. Everyone, have a great week. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening to The Unusual Creatures. We love telling the stories of these creatives, and we hope you love listening to them. You know the drill. Subscriber, you love listening to pods. Send links to your friends and tell everyone you know about this show. And I mean everyone. Counting the minutes until we meet again. And... Keep being unusual creatures. Unusual creatures.